everyone, Patrick here. This is an example from USMLE Step 1 Success Stories, a podcast by our friends at Physio. We wanted to throw an episode up here because USMLE Step 1 Success Stories is part of Study Smarter Fest 2021 for the USMLE Step 1. You can find this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, but the best place to experience Study Smarter Fest 2021 is in the Audio Bank app by Inside the Boards, where you can find Crush Step 1, the podcast, the Study Smarter podcast, which you're listening to now, with past archives organized into neat playlists, USMLE Step 1 success stories, and Physiology by Physio. So go to insidetheboards.com slash studysmarter to learn more about all the things we're doing to help you during dedicated prep season to study on the go. Welcome to Step 1 Success Stories by Physio, episode 19. People just need to kind of relax a little bit during the first semester. I think that's great advice, and I wish I would have taken that a little bit more seriously. You're listening to Step 1 Success Stories by Physio, the playbook of those who dominated the USMLE. If you want to learn how to excel on step one and get into the residency of your choice, then you're in the right place. Stay tuned and join the thousands of others who have mastered step one concepts using physio.com. Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode. Today we interview, wait a minute, we interview me. That's right. <laughs> I am the co-founder and content creator of Physio. So to help me with this, I'm here with my co-host, Red Thompson. How's it going, man? It's going so good. You know, a couple of months ago, I mentioned that I went to Comic-Con in San Diego and kind of revealed personal aspects of my character and namely just being a super nerd and kind of revealing that to the public and all our listeners who I'm trusting not to mock me too much. Nerd! <laughs> it's fair. I, I deserve it. I deserve it. The other thing is that I followed that up with making a comic book shelf and I just want to make it known to everybody who's been wondering with bated breath these last couple months, like what became of Rhett's nerd shelf? Well, my wife finally completed it yesterday and we got it all set up. And just so it's clear that I didn't commission her to make it really, <laughs> she was like the boss. She told me what to do and how to not make weird stroke marks and stuff like that. So just to really clarify, the power dynamic was really in Jade's favor in the whole relationship. And it came out great. Jade's an excellent craftswoman. And it came together really well. So now, turning to you, the audience, we want to let you know that if you've done well on step one or know anyone who's done well on step one, just let us know. We'd love to hear from you. We love the community and we love hearing from you guys. And so if you have anything interesting to say or advice or something that you feel like would be inspirational to your fellow med students in their first or second year, reach out to us. You can email steve at physio.com. So that's S-T-E-V-E at physio.com. Shoot him a message and we'd love to hear from you. So as Michael mentioned, I interviewed him. He's a fourth year medical student at the University of Utah Medical School. And he's also a co-founder and content creator of Physio. And it was really cool to have this experience where kind of put him in the hot seat and ask him what he thinks about how he would approach step one. He and I have worked alongside for many years, three years in physio and years before that, and have had many opportunities just to create content that would be useful and valuable for medical students. 
and also hear from medical students and hear what's been useful for them. And, and so it's cool to take this opportunity to just pick Michael's brain on kind of how he synthesized all of that collective experience and how that would translate into what Michael would do during his first year, second year, and during Dedicated. So yeah, let's bring him on. So Michael, thanks for joining us on the show. <laughs> yeah, our podcast. Yeah, it's fun to be here on the other side of the mic, you know? Yeah, it's exciting. I'm excited to be able to interview you and kind of talk to you about your experiences and get your input and your insights and disseminate that to all of our listeners. So Michael, why don't you just tell the audience a little bit about yourself, kind of what brought you into medicine and what brought you to physio? Ooh, those are loaded questions. <laughs> When I was in middle school, I had appendicitis and that was probably my first real experience with medicine and like making me consider the possibility of doing that as a career. So, you know, I just was in so much pain. I remember going into the emergency department and the doctors there comforting me and giving me some medication. You know, I'm sure the morphine helped put me at ease a little bit. But just the way they interacted with me and comforted me was really encouraging. Then they took me back to the OR and removed my appendix and took away the pain. And being in the hospital there for a few days and just kind of interacting with them was my first experience with medicine. Well, not my first, but you know, my first like serious experience with medicine, I guess I should say. That was probably when I first started thinking about like, oh, that'd be cool to do that as a career someday, maybe. That thought continued to grow as I went to the doctor occasionally. And then later on in life, as I began to prepare for college, reflecting on those experiences, I guess, just kind of made me think, well, I'll pursue it. I'll see what I can make of this. And so started studying science and fell in love with it all. Then I started volunteering and over time just decided it was right for me. So I guess that's how I got interested in medicine. As far as physio... That really happened during our second year, I guess, at the end of second year. As you and I were studying for step one, we would often come across physiology-based topics that were really challenging to understand. And so one time I jokingly mentioned to you like, oh, it'd be sweet if there was like a physiology video resource that we could really learn this stuff from. And then started to put the pieces together. And eventually after we took step one, decided to take the plunge and do this together. So that's kind of how physio started. It's cool to hear that from your perspective and as somebody who's just worked alongside you for these past three years and known you for even longer than that, like through undergrad and then the first two years of med school. So it's kind of cool for me to like be in this position to just pick your brain a little bit. So we've been with physio for three years. I mean, you and I founded this with Steve and Zach. And during that time, we've had so many opportunities to learn from students and learn about medical education and really just refine our perspective on this stuff. And so I want to hear your insights for how you would approach certain things if you were a first or second year med student right now, knowing what you now know. So what I'm hoping is that we can disseminate some of that information for current first and second year med students. And let's just dive into the first semester. Let's say you just started what would that look like for you? What would be your advice? How would all of that look? So in answering the question, I think it's important to recognize, you know, that I'm reflecting back on my personal experience a little bit here, but also 
having interviewed all these people for this podcast and having had a lot of experience creating content, I'm also reflecting back on those experiences. So with that in mind, you know, this isn't necessarily what I did. I'll share some of those ideas, but what I would do, right? So I think as a first year med student, from all the people we've interviewed, it seems like a lot of them who did really well focused on classwork. They didn't really worry about step one too much in those first few months, maybe the first semester, right? And so looking back on my own experience, I probably was a little bit too concerned about step one during the first few months of medical school. And I don't necessarily think that hurt me, but I do think that it probably put some unnecessary stress on me. And having interviewed all these other people who oftentimes say, you know, they really just focus on classwork. I think if I could do it over again, that's probably what I would do. I think I would just try to get to know my classmates and not really worry about step one so much. Focus on learning the core, that kind of foundation, and really focus on just getting used to being in medical school, I guess. That's really good advice. So what I want to know is why do you think that would work? I'm thinking you were really motivated. Like I remember working alongside you during that first semester, we were studying together and you were highly motivated. At the time, I remember you juggling aspirations for dermatology and ophthalmology and obviously competitive things. So you wanted to do well and you weren't taking things lightly. And your approach seemed to be, well, if I really want to do well, I should start focusing on step one now. And that's something that I related to as well. As you mentioned, like it didn't hurt you in any way, but going back, like you see the wisdom and just focusing on classwork. Now, coming from the logic of somebody who is currently really wanting to do well and prioritizing step one study, theoretically, they should do really well also taking that approach. And I think they can reach a similar conclusion that you and I both did during our first year. So my question is, what is the value to you in focusing on classwork mostly during that first semester? So I think first and foremost, you have to know yourself. And if you're the type of person who knows that you are not going to get burned out and you need that extra time, then go for it. But I would argue that that extra time really isn't going to make that much of a difference because step one is so far away at that point that it's really just going to stress you out unnecessarily. And so I think if you just focus on trying to understand the material, you'll be good. Sometimes if you're going to class, you might learn stuff in a little bit too much detail or not enough detail for step one. The way our curriculum was set up was such that we basically revisited all of those topics again during the second semester, third semester, and fourth semester. It was kind of like we'd be introduced to the nephron during our first semester. And we would learn like little bits and pieces here. And so I was trying to learn like everything. I'd go use Firecracker and I would use these other resources. And they were teaching them in way more detail than we probably needed to know at that time. And so it was kind of like already stressing me out like, oh man, I got to worry about knowing this in way more detail than they're teaching it to me right now. But in reality, we were going to come back to that topic and cover it in more detail. And I just didn't really understand that at the time. And so I guess in summary, I, I think it probably just creates unnecessary stress for most people. And I think that step one is so far away that it's probably not that helpful to really be hyper-focused on step one during your first few months of medical school. 
that makes a lot of sense. And I agree with you. I feel like during that time, it's an opportunity to really experiment. And having spoken with so many people who have done really well in step one, it doesn't sound like that first semester was critical. It seems like that was the time where they experimented a lot. It seemed like it wasn't so impactful on their step one performance directly. It was more indirectly beneficial to their step one performance because they had the opportunity to really experiment. You highlighted several things that I think are important. You know, one, you're kind of powerless in a way because of the way the curriculum was structured. And so even if you wanted to just go crazy with step one, you really couldn't because the curriculum was designed in such a way that it would remain superficial and wouldn't go deep enough that you need to know for step one anyways, but it was going very broad. And so if you spent a lot of your time focusing on a lot of details that you wouldn't be tested on, you wouldn't have as much time for the other material that you would be tested on during that time. So it was just needlessly stressful. And I agree with you, you know, you and I had the same curriculum. And if I could go back, I would do the same thing. But one thing that I want to point out is that there are some schools in which it's not structured quite that way. Some of them, they don't have this broad overview during the first semester. Some of them, they go a little bit deeper and they reach content in ways that are to the depth that they would need to know for step one. And so if you were in that position, would that change your opinion or what would you think? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, if that's your only time to learn it, then maybe. But again, I would argue that it's so far away and you'll have so much more time to really revisit those things and like during your dedicated period, you know, that it probably isn't as important as you think it is. And I would say that you really should be focused on trying to learn about the various resources that are really good for step one. Because I probably focused too much time on Firecracker, which probably wasn't the best resource for me to be focusing on. I think there were better things that I could have used. And so I think that dabbling your feet a little bit in the various resources is probably a good idea. And talk to your classmates, find out what are the most highly recommended resources. Because sure, someone might recommend Firecracker or someone might recommend Picmonic or something. But if the vast majority of people aren't using them, then maybe you shouldn't be using them either. Like really consider that. And on the flip side, maybe there is a resource that is really good that not as many people are using that really works for you. And so I think you have to be mindful of those things. And like you're saying, you know, I really agree with that. It's probably a good idea to just try to experiment and don't go crazy with it. You know, don't spend hours a day focused on one resource. Maybe just kind of dabble your feet a little bit in first aid, dabble your feet a little bit in physio or boards and beyond or UWorld or sketchy, something like that. But don't go crazy. Would you say that students could or should focus on the lecture material and focus on those slides and those presentations over other resources that they might be dabbling in or have the opportunity to experiment with? It probably depends a little bit on the curriculum. You know, if the curriculum is just, in your opinion, total garbage, which, again, it's hard to even know that as a first-year student. So it's like, okay, you're telling me it's garbage, which maybe there's some truth to that. But if it is complete garbage, then yeah, maybe you should be focusing on these other resources. But again, like, I think it's so early in your medical education that it's hard for you to even know that. And I think that just dabbling your feet in these other resources will help give you some insight into what works, what doesn't work, what you should be doing, what you shouldn't be doing. But I think for the vast majority of people, the lecture slides are probably sufficient for the first semester. And you probably don't need to go crazy 
avoiding class and focusing on all this other content, like <laughs> step one so far away, like just chill out a little bit. So once you get through that first semester, you know, again, speaking from your experience, what would that second semester look like to you? Yeah. So I think after the first semester, you know, you've kind of gotten your feet wet a little bit. Hopefully you've dabbled in some of the various resources and you really know like, okay, this is going to work for me. This isn't going to work for me. This is highly recommended. So I'm definitely going to check this one out. For us at the University of Utah, the first semester was really foundational. And then the second semester is really when we started to kind of get into the meat and potatoes of what we needed to know for not only step one, but also for clerkships. It was like the first course we had during our second semester was molecule cells and cancer. So it was a lot of the biochemistry type stuff and a lot of like the hemonc type stuff, if I recall correctly. For most people, it's probably a good idea to start considering step one a little bit more seriously at that point. And obviously do what works for you. I know a lot of people who have done very well starting after their first year. You know, they do their first entire year with just focusing on class and it works out really well for them. But a lot of other people have also started considering step one a little bit more seriously around this time. And so for me personally, I probably would have started focusing on step one a little bit more during the second semester of my first year. And for me, that probably would have meant using a video resource primarily to learn. And then... I probably would have used a pre-made Anki deck as well as a question bank. I probably would have started dabbling in those things around that time. Okay, gotcha. So what resource would you use specifically and what pre-made decks would you use? And how would those correspond to individual lectures from class that you were learning? So I would try to learn the material before going to class. So I'd probably use, you know, obviously I'm biased here. <laughs> I'll just be frankly honest with everyone, but like, I think Physio hands down is the best video resource out there. So I definitely would have used Physio. No question about it. I would have used all the content that was applicable to the class material and tried to brush up and learn that before going to class. And then right now our Anki decks are being updated. They're about to be released with some awesome updates. And so I probably would have used either our own Anki flashcards or Zonki. And as far as a question bank, I probably would have used USMLE RX for the second semester of first year, but then transitioned out of that to UWorld. It seems like back when we were studying, that's kind of what you did. It was very similar to that in that you would use, instead of Anki or Zonki or the Physio flashcards, you were using Firecracker, kind of mm -hmm. like the an older version or a kind of what was hot back in early 2015. And for videos, you were dabbling in Pathoma. And as far as question banks, it sounds like if I recall that you were using like RX here yeah. and there. Yeah. You know, this is very similar to what I actually did. The only thing I would have changed, I guess, was I probably wouldn't have used Firecracker so much. I think I probably invested too much time in that. And then using a video resource, I probably still would use Pathoma. I think a lot of his videos are really good. So I probably would have used Pathoma and Physio. And then I think I still would have used RX for that first semester. Cool. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't think there's anything wrong with shamelessly saying Physio is the best resource because the heart that you're putting into it is so evident to me. You know, I work alongside you every day and I see you more than my wife and kids, really. 
and uh, and, <laughs> Poor it, and <laughs> Michael's so tough to be around. <laughs> so it's clear to me that you and I have this feeling that we're making this in a way that's going to be exactly how you would want it as a med student. And what would be the best resource, you know, because there's opportunities that we have to make more money and diminish quality. But the emphasis is always, you know, make it the best. Totally. So I think that's totally fair to say, and it's not self-promoting, but it makes sense. Yeah. I think one more thing that I didn't mention that I probably would have used, you know, back when we were studying, there was Picmonic, but they were just missing so many details, I remember. And it was frustrating at times because, you know, some things are really easy to understand conceptually and other things are just so hard. You just have to memorize them, to be honest. I mean, there's so much farm that you just have to memorize. Same thing with like certain microorganisms, certain pathological things, you know, you just have to memorize that crap. And so I remember we would try to make our own image mnemonics. I don't know when we started that, but at some point, probably towards the end of our first year. But yeah, it would have been really nice to have had some sweet image mnemonics for some of the pharmacology for Hemoc, I think. So I would have definitely used physio's image mnemonics as much as I could have for all the stuff that we have. And then anything that we were lacking, I probably would have looked first at Sketchy and then probably wouldn't have used Pygmonic. But again, you know, Sketchy wasn't really around back then. It was kind of in its infancy. They certainly didn't have farm or path. It's changed a little bit. And it will even change more over the next 12 months. You know, I think once we have all of our farm and these other image mnemonics done, I just would have used Physio. So if you're a student like right now, like you're in a position where you've got to memorize some of these drugs, like you just got to know some of this stuff. Are you saying that you would say they should go to Sketchy? I just want to like clarify for our listener. Yeah. For that farm. Yeah, I think, I think they should for now until we have our farm done and then I would use Physio instead. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense because you've got to memorize that stuff and it really is so hard outside of something that's really going to help you memorize it. And I agree with your evaluation that Picmonic's really not at the quality that Sketchy is. And so it's a good idea to use that pharmacology now. You also mentioned that Pathoma would be a good resource. Like even now in the context of having a lot of physiology videos available, Pathoma would still be a good resource to use alongside that. And so just so we're clear for our listeners, you would have used Physio, Pathoma, and Sketchy, and Zonky in the absence of solid cards from Physio. Yeah. Okay. And RX. And RX. Okay. And would you have the intention of going through all of RX? What would be your goal there? It's a good question. So I would probably try to do a little bit more RX, go at it a little bit more aggressively. I think I was kind of timid, like, oh, I don't want to use up all these questions because, you know, we haven't covered microbiology yet. I don't want to select that or I don't want to select neurology or something. But I feel like RX is kind of just getting your feet wet. And so I probably would have been a little bit more aggressive in the way I approached that QBank. Probably would have tried to get through a little bit faster. And even if I hadn't known something, I just would have tried to brush it off, you know, be like, oh, I haven't covered this yet. Not super important. Doesn't matter. So yeah, I think I would have done more questions. The exact way I would have approached this is before class, I probably would have watched some videos. I would have used the associated Anki cards, whether that be Physio or Zonki, and just started to go through those. And then probably would use Pathoma if it was applicable for that. And then I would have gone to class, tried to learn the information, really focus on that. And then I think right before the test, probably like the weekend before the test, I probably would have tried to get through just a bunch of RX questions. 
and just continued that pattern and then use, you know, image mnemonics whenever they're applicable. That sounds like a solid plan. I think that's a good approach that really anybody can use. And I think that's a pretty safe bet for success. And thankfully, we've actually seen a lot of people take that very approach and do really well. So now we're like through the first semester and the second semester. Would the second year look much different than what you just described with the second semester? Not too different. I guess we probably should talk about the summer a little bit before even going to second year. Yeah. And so I think that's important because a lot of people go crazy during the second year. Some people just let everything atrophy during the second year. So I probably would have been somewhere in between. I probably would have tried to maintain Zonkey or whatever flashcard system I was using throughout the summer. But aside from that, I wouldn't have tried to like go ahead and study more or something along those lines. And then after the summer, hopefully all the information I learned would have maintained mostly fresh in my mind, right? And then I would have just kept doing the flashcards. And then I think the only change that I would make at that point would be to probably stop doing Rx. Hopefully would have gotten through most of it by that point. And I think I probably would have started UWorld around the beginning of my second year, maybe like halfway through the first semester of second year. So somewhere in that point, I would probably try to transition from doing Rx to doing UWorld. I think for me personally, I need to spend a little bit more time on QBanks. And I think UWorld is the highest yield one to be familiar with. And so I think there was this tendency of me to be like, oh, I need to save that for dedicated. So I'm going to do all of Rx and then I'm going to do all of Kaplan. And then once you get to dedicated, you're like burned out, you're sick of doing questions and it's hard to get through your world. So I think that for me, I probably would have started UWorld a little bit earlier. So would you introduce any other question banks during that time? Because there's many other available, you know, Kaplan and Amboss. Would you try to incorporate those in some way? No, I don't think so. What's your reasoning for that? I just think that it's hard enough to maintain this pace of doing all these Zonky flashcards, trying to keep these image mnemonics clear in your head, trying to learn more information, and trying to throw on top of that like all these other QBanks, I think would have just overwhelmed me. I think for some people, it's probably a good idea to do all of Rx and all of Kaplan if they have time and they feel like they're super motivated and can handle that. But I think it probably burned me out a little bit more and made me not as like excited to tackle UWorld, I guess. I think you have to just kind of know yourself on that point. But I don't think it's necessary to do Kaplan. And I don't think it's even necessary to do all of Rx. Like if you're going to sacrifice any of UWorld whatsoever, like if you're not going to get through the question bank or you're not going to be as juiced up to tackle that QBank, then you just need to totally forget those other QBanks because UWorld is like 10 times better than those ones. So if I'm understanding you correctly, you would really prioritize making sure you're staying on top of your Anki cards throughout your second year and trying not to let other things really get in the way of that. For example, stick to the QBank, but don't necessarily go crazy by adding two additional QBanks because it's more important to get through UWorld and maintain your Anki decks. Is that fair exactly. to say? Yeah. Now, if you are a student that has like a different approach from you and they're thinking, you know, my approach is going to just be getting through questions like crazy, even at the sacrifice of Anki cards, maybe a student doesn't want to do Anki and it's just like doesn't work for them or it's not prioritized or they're just like extremely efficient and can get through that and more QBank questions. 
what would be your advice for them, like in terms of getting through more? Yeah, I think in that case, you're not spending nearly as much time doing Anki. And so that would free up some time to do other questions. I think questions are really important. They really test your knowledge and make you think critically. And they can help you assess whether or not your study plan is working for you. And so, yeah, I think that you need a way to review. You need a clear, organized way of reviewing all the information because you need to see it a hundred times if you're going to remember it on test day. So I think Zonki or these other Anki decks are really good for that because you just see it so many times. But if you're not into that, then yeah, I think that using potentially all of Rx, all of Kaplan, maybe even all of Amboss would be helpful because that's another method of trying to expose you to these things. However, I do feel like that's perhaps a little bit more disorganized. You know, you're not necessarily seeing the same thing over and over again. You're seeing it presented in these various different ways. And I just know that so many people have had so much success with Anki that I would be hesitant to want to forego Anki. But I know, yeah, that some people, you know, that doesn't work well for them. And if that's the case, then yeah, probably doing more QBanks would be good. Or having some other way of reviewing content. You know, some of the people we've interviewed have done well have kept a Word document or an Excel document or something along those lines to kind of review. And I know some people in our class did that as well when we were studying. So, you know, that could certainly be an option. But my first go-to would be Anki. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. And I think following that would really yield good results, you know, and then there's a lot of evidence indicating that actually. And just for clarity, so you haven't used Amboss, like you don't have any like personal experience with that. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, I haven't really looked at it too much. I mean, I didn't use it personally. I've looked at the QBank since taking step one, but not in like serious depth. It sounds like from your personal experience, you can't speak to Amboss, but your personal experience, you would go with RX and then Kaplan and then obviously UWorld, but we're talking like extra credit. You know, right. Like, Cool. Okay. So this is what the second year would look like. And you would be using image mnemonics where needed, doing Anki cards, transitioning from RX about a quarter the way through your second year, and mm-hmm. then really focusing on UWorld. And you would carry that strategy up through the end of your second year and to dedicated. Is that fair? Yep. Okay. So what would dedicated look like? So at that point, I think I would probably ditch Anki and I would really focus on UWorld. I would try to finish all of UWorld if I hadn't by then. And then I would probably go through it again and really just focus on trying to get through as many questions from UWorld as I could. And then I would also be doing an MBME probably every weekend or every other weekend, depending on how I could fit them all in. But I would try to do all of the MBMEs, I think. Maybe not all of them, but most of them, if not all of them. So yeah, I think I would probably spend most of the morning just going through UWorld. And then I would probably try to review everything as much as I could, really understand the correct and incorrect answers. I'd probably do a mix of UWorld timed random and UWorld tutor random. But I would try to include all the topics, I think. And then I would probably spend at least an hour or two every day, probably watching physio and pathoma. And then I'd probably spend some time reviewing the image mnemonics in flashcard format. One thing that I'm curious about is just how much you've emphasized Anki up to this point in being unwilling to sacrifice it. And your logic is sound. You want to maintain all of that you've learned and, and see things again and again. 
all the way through second year. So you're not atrophying, but you mentioned that you would ditch Anki at the start of your dedicated period. Now, what's your logic for kind of moving away from that and then focusing on question banks? It's a good question. I think by dedicated, you have so many cards, like you're doing hundreds of cards a day at that point. And you've already hopefully seen these cards like dozens of times, right? And so if you haven't gotten Anki to stick by that point in time, it's probably not the best use of your time anymore. I think just the sheer amount of time that it would require for you to continue that during dedicated probably isn't as valuable as it would have been up to that point. And, you know, like I said, I think you probably would have learned most of that information by then. By that point, it's just really important on trying to apply that information, going through your world, making sure you get through it all, and really trying to understand UWorld and, you know, getting down the way the test is formatted, getting used to the timing, that kind of thing. And so I think taking MBMEs in UWorld is really important during dedicated. That's really interesting. I think that makes sense. We've seen people succeed by doing something very similar to that. They've been very focused on Anki daily and not getting behind for a long, long time, never missing a day, and then kind of ditching it around their dedicated, which is really interesting to me. And I don't necessarily think I would take that approach, but I totally get it. And it's obviously worked for people. What would you say for somebody who during their last month prior to dedicated, they added a bunch of cards and you know they haven't had the chance to see those over the course of a year, like the stuff that they would have learned at the beginning of second year. What would you say in response to a nervous second year med student who's thinking about that last month's worth of Anki cards? I would say that that's the freshest stuff in your mind because you just covered it. So you probably don't need to worry about it as much. Makes sense. It's very logical. So you mentioned NBMEs and getting through those on like a regular basis. When would be the first NBME? Like when would you take your first one? Yeah, so dedicated for us, I think started in April. So I probably would have taken the first NBME in January, sometime in January, just to kind of see where I'm at and recognizing that like, oh, I haven't covered all of the information yet. So, you know, this might not be the best indicator of how I'm actually going to perform but I think it is a relatively good indicator of how things are going. And I think getting that information a little bit earlier can be helpful. So it's probably when I would have done the first one. And then I would have waited until dedicated. I probably would have waited until we had certainly covered all the information in our coursework. And then probably after like the first week of my dedicated, I probably would have studied starting Monday and then taken the MBME on like a Saturday morning, my first week of dedicated. Okay, gotcha. And your goal would be to get through all the MBMEs available. Right. Okay, awesome. Well, I think that makes sense. That would be a very solid plan. And we've got a lot of evidence at this point to indicate that that would be a very good plan for success. With that in mind, you know, we've got first, second year and dedicated. And even that summer in between first and second year and how you would approach that knowing what you know. Is there anything else that you think that a first or second year med student should be keeping in mind in advance of their step one? I think a couple things, you know, like we talked about at the beginning, I think people just need to kind of relax a little bit during the first semester. I think that's great advice. And I wish I would have taken that a little bit more seriously. You know, it's really hard. I get it. You're like, oh, I just, I want to dominate this exam. Like I, I need it. I need to start just busting my tail and working so hard. But 
it's probably a little bit premature during your first semester. So just chill out. <laughs> I think that would be an important piece of advice that I would have given myself and I will give to anyone else who's in those shoes, you know. Aside from that, recognizing that it's an important test, but there's a reason why we're doing this. You're trying to learn information to become a good doctor. So really try to understand the material and don't cut yourself short. You know, it can be tempting to just think, oh, I just need to get past this test. I'm just going to learn step one. But like, you got to learn a lot of this stuff to become a good doctor. And I think recognizing that some things are more important going forward for your clinical years is important. So trying to emphasize those things a little bit more, you know, maybe like some of the pharmacology, some of those key drugs, that's really important stuff. And some of the basic pathophysiology, stuff like that. Trying to tease out a little bit, I guess, you know, is this for step one? Am I going to have to memorize every little detail of every biochemical pathway beyond step one? Probably not. Am I going to have to memorize all the lysosomal storage diseases? Probably not. Am I going to have to understand, you know, all these little crazy random diseases? Not so much. So like really focus on those key diagnoses and drugs that you'll be using going forward for the rest of your career. Yeah, that seems really logical. And I think that's just a mentally healthy way to approach things. Recognizing that not everything you're studying in step one is going to be important long-term, but you're making a conscious choice to do well. And you're acknowledging the fact that memorizing all these lysosomal storage diseases might not carry long-term benefit, but it will bring short-term benefit in terms of doing well on step one, which is important. And so it's mentally valuable to separate those ideas and you can't neglect either one, you know, and, it, and it's obvious that you're not proposing that. It just sounds like putting everything in context. Like I'm choosing to memorize these details. And I'm also remembering that I'm going to be a doctor that needs to think a little bit broader about some of these things. And I may not get wrapped up in this stuff in a couple of years, but nevertheless, I'm choosing to like dive in here and do this now. I think that's a really good way to kind of reconcile two different goals while also reminding yourself that you're here to be a doctor. So I think that's really sound advice. Well, Michael, thank you so much for your advice. And we'll, uh, I guess I'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Hey everyone. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Be sure to go to our website at physio.com to check out our growing library of free step one videos. You can also find our physio group on Facebook to join our growing community of students preparing for step one. If you've been enjoying the episodes and have been getting value from the content, here are three easy ways that you can support us. One, press the subscribe button on the platform you're listening to this on. Two, leave us a review. To do that, just go to physio.com slash podcast. Three, find your friends who are in medical school or interested in medical school and tell them about the podcast. Thanks for listening and join us next time.